appreciate them, appreciate our teachers and all that the Lord is doing. Amen. Amen. I want to say thank you to Brother Troy for putting in some effort to clean our carpets out there in the front. And uh, it was noticeable to me. So thank you, Brother Troy. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Amen. Hebrews eleven thirteen. I want to give you uh, the, what I feel is the topic that we'll talk about today. How to pray for your country. With the Lord's help, I believe he will share that with us today. Hebrews 11, verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And what it's talking about here, the people, Hebrews 11 lists, a lot of times we call them heroes of faith. People like Noah, Abraham, Abel, these men that, that are heroes. And it says they died in faith, not having received the promises but having seen them far off and were persuaded of them, they were persuaded of the promises that they saw and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. That's a part of their faith was to say, to con confess means to talk, to say, to go around telling people. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Abel. We know the stories of what they did, right? Most of us are familiar with the story of Noah and how he built an ark to save humankind from a flood. And we know how Abraham had said he left his home country to go and start a nation and so they did these things, but they were, their mindset was, this earth isn't my home to begin with. I'm a stranger. I'm a pilgrim. Another term that you might use is a foreigner. I wonder, you don't have to uh, answer this, but I just wonder if there's anybody here that was not born a United States citizen. If, if there are, and if you were, I think what we're going to talk about today would be that much easier for you to understand because you know I'm not from here. I came here and I was placed here through whatever circumstances, but I'm actually not from here. This is not my, my original nationality. It's not where I'm from. It's, that's the mindset, and that's when it uses words like pilgrims and strangers on the earth, if you went up to Noah and said, hello, earthling, you might offend him. Because he would say, I'm not from here. I am a stranger on the earth. Keep reading, verse 14. For they that say such things, they that say I'm a stranger and a pilgrim on the earth, 
declare plainly that they seek a country. Next verse. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country, the one that they're seeking, not the one they live in, but the one they are seeking and see afar off and they embrace. If they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. I'm not from here. I'm not staying here. I'm going back. I'm going back to where I came from. Next verse. But now they desire a better country that is an heavenly. Anybody desire a better country? And I'm not just talking about making this country better. But I desire a completely different country. A completely different area that I dwell in. One day, this world will not be where I dwell anymore. And I can just be honest and plain with you. It's either going to get better or worse than this. If I can be honest with you. We are all headed to a different place. And it will be better or it will be worse than this. Some of us are thinking, how can it get any worse than this? Some of us are thinking, how can it get any better than this? I'm just telling you, what we see, what we know, things like carpet, things like oxygen, things like water, things like comfortable shoes, and a nice hoodie that you like to wear around that makes you comfortable. Those things are going to pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. So I'm looking. I'm not focused on this country as my long-term plan. I know I'm headed somewhere else. They were desiring a better country. A heavenly country. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. God's proud of that man or that woman that says, I'm not staying here. I'm getting somewhere that's better. I'm telling you what, you want to make God proud. You want to make your father proud. Just let that become your mindset and live with it every day. I'm looking for a better country. I'm desiring a heavenly destination. And God will say, that's my boy. That's my girl. I love that one. They can't wait to get here to me. For he hath prepared for them a city. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. We're, that's my destination. That's my ultimate goal. A heavenly country. A better country than this one. Now Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes this letter to the church in the city of Ephesus and he reminds them of who they were before they became a part of the church. All right, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins while you lived in that city of Ephesus. 
you were living in a state like you're dead. Not, I mean, you, you were alive, you were breathing and all that, but you weren't really doing the spiritual part of your life. You were dead. He quickened you. Next verse, verse 2, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. That's a key phrase in what I'm feeling today. The course of this world. The course of this world. This world. Everybody say this world. The earth. The, the thing that those people in Hebrews 11 said, I don't belong here. I'm a stranger and a pilgrim here. There is a world that we're on right now. This earth. This world where we live. And it has a course it has a direction that it would lead a person the world will say follow this path live this way live according to and a lot of times see it becomes enticing because what this world this course would say is live according to your own desires do what you want to do. We're just going to leave everybody alone and let everybody fend for themselves and not do, not have to follow any rules, any instructions. You're just, you're all your own bosses. Live your own life. And that's what, that's just one of the many lies that the course of this world would try to instill to the inhabitants of this world. You can do what you want to do, whatever it is. And then, well, we, we think, well, we've got to have some kind of guidelines. I mean, I can't just, <laughs> I can't just go take Brother Gary's car and drive it home. Well, hey, you said I could do whatever I want to do, right? I can be my own boss. Thank you. Now just hand me those keys. I'm going to take it home. It's mine now. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, that, you're getting a little too crazy. We've we got to have some parameters here. We've got to establish some guidelines that say, well, you can do whatever you want to do just as long as you're not infringing on another person's right to do whatever they want to do. Well, this is not a free country then. Right? If, if you're telling me I can't do whatever I want to do, then there are some rules. There are some parameters. I don't mean to, I don't mean to offend anybody, okay? Some of, somebody just got hurt because I said this is not a free country. Now, don't, don't, go, don't go there. Don't make me spend any more time than I have to. I'm just saying... That's proof that you can't do everything you want. You can't drive my vehicle home. That's mine. I'm not going to let you have it. So, so we, 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 we are now in the course of a world that the world says we will make up the rules. We will give guidelines and, and thank the Lord. I mean this sincerely right now. Thank the Lord that we live in the United States of America where the guidelines that we've been given allow us a lot of freedoms. 
including being here today, singing, playing music, worshiping God, and, and seeing each other, and fellowshipping with one another, and me, being with people, the scripture says, of like precious faith. I know that I can spend time with you, any one of you, and there's going to be this, this camaraderie that's not just because we're buddies, but because we're spiritual brothers and sisters, and we're family. And in this country, we have the freedom to gather together and do this, and I'm thankful for that. You also, and I also, have the freedom, the ability to go and find a job and earn a wage. And then we get to get money and we get to get these things called bank accounts. And if you got a direct deposit, you work and then that, du that direct deposit all of a sudden becomes money in your bank that you can choose what you want to do with it. I don't make light of those things. I'm thankful for it. I don't want somebody to say, well, yeah, you got to work, but you know what? You don't get this much money. I actually decided I'm going to keep what you worked for today. So just take a minute and be thankful we live in this country where we have these things. Amen? It could be worse. It could be worse. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Somebody say, that's not Jesus. The prince of the power of the air gets to determine the course of this world. Do you see that? You're walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. He, or if I can use this term to be a little bit more offensive towards him, it. It. I'm not even going to let him be a he. It gets to determine the course of this world. He had been given, he took dominion over this world, and so he decides, all right, now I'm in charge. It decides. Uh -huh. It decides. Now I'm in charge. And I get to determine how this country operates and how this country operates and what looks like on this continent and what life is like over here and over there and over there. And Paul is simply saying, you used to, church, you used to live according to those rules, according to those guidelines. That was your mindset before. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. When I say it, that's what I'm talking about. The spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Ah, okay, let's just take a little bit of a sidebar here. How do you become a child of disobedience? Now, this is not talking about like your, 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 your birth what, how, what you were, how you were born, who you were born, right? This is, once you do this thing, disobey, now you are a child of, a child that disobeys. So the spirit of this world, the prince of the power of this air that determines the course of this world, wants to get into the heart of an individual, man, woman, child, and make them disobey. 
And Paul is saying, you were. That spirit works in the heart of the children of disobedience. When you disobeyed, when you disobey, expect it. Next verse. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. Remember what we said? You can just do whatever you want to do. Well, when you live that way, we see you're living according to the course of this world, the pattern of this world. We've learned this. We, I uh, say we, we as a species, human beings, learned this lesson once already. The scripture says, as in the days of Noah, when the Lord said, all right, we'll just see how this goes. And we saw how it went. They didn't start off completely evil, but disobedience began to work in the hearts of people. And the spirit of disobedience, the spirit of this world began to work in the hearts of people to the point where it said men's thoughts were only evil continually. Every thought was evil. Every thought, all the time. There was not one good thought among all this group of men, humankind. And so the Lord said, I wish I wouldn't have even made them. That's what he said. I, it, re, it repented the Lord that he made man. That's a far cry from the proud father, remember that we talked about saying, I'm proud of this one because he knows that's just temporary. And he doesn't belong there anyway, so he's not going to get messed up in all that business. He's looking for something different. No, the Lord's saying there's not one of them down there that's looking for something different. They're just following after their own evil thoughts, their own evil, evil desires continuously. i got to start over. Who am I going to start over with? And he picks Noah. Remember, it's what it says. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Now I'm trying to talk about how to pray for our country. And I'm talking about the United States when I say that. How to pray for this country. But we've got to start by knowing who we are. Knowing what we do here. And then knowing what the rest of the country does. So we know we don't belong here. We know this is not our home. We are pilgrims and strangers passing through. Does anybody believe that about yourself? This is not my home. Amen? If I believe that, the rest of this gets a lot easier. I'm not saying it gets easy. I'm saying it gets a lot easier. Because now I'm not attaching my feelings to this mess. 
I say that respectfully. I'm not attaching my feelings to what's going on in this crazy world. But if it was mine, if I was taking ownership of it, I would say, oh, this is just so terrible. I can't get over how bad this is. But I'm not. I don't own any of this. Amen? Jesus talking here, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. He, he, he says this to the, the, to the hearers. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Somewhere in the past, somebody actually taught that. I know that sounds pretty crazy to some of us, and it sounds pretty natural to others of us. That's, yep, that's me. That's how I was born. I love these people. I don't love anybody else. I just love this. Just love these. You've heard it said, love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Next verse. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Everybody say, love your enemies. Let me just give you a quick little definition of what that is. In case you're thinking, well, I don't have any enemies. Everybody likes me, and I like everybody. I get along with everybody. I'm a people pleaser. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. And okay, well, you can think that all you want, but once you see what an enemy is, you're going to realize you have one whether you know it or not. So, to enemies, it could be passively or actively opposed. Passively or actively. That's, that means whether they're acting like it or not, whether you know it or not. If somebody's actively opposing you, then you, you should know you've got an enemy. If your neighbor blocks your driveway with all their vehicles so you can't get out every time it's time to go to work, you should know they're actively doing this. Their car didn't just get and put there. No, they chose to do it. That was an action. Now, you know what? We don't even get to get mad at them because of the words of the Lord. Love your, na love your neighbors. But that's pretty, pretty clear because it's active. But a passive opposition means it's done without your knowledge or it's hidden. I would love to just talk a little bit about passive-aggressive people. But I'm not going to do that. But you know the type. They're the, the anger management guys in here could tell you, they are, and lady, they could tell you that type of person is the hardest anger to deal with because they won't even express it. Not openly. It's way down in there. And then it just comes out in these little subtle ways. Are you mad? No, I'm not mad.
But we're, we're talking about an enemy. And whether it's passive or active, it's still our enemy. One, one type or one, one type of enemy, one definition, it, even, it means this. Men opposed to God because of their sin. They become an enemy of God because of their sin. I would dare say even that can be passive or active. A man that you know, if you've lived right and you know what's right and you've heard the truth and you've felt the spirit of God and he's done all these, this work in your life and then you choose, I'm just not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to be like that anymore. Well, the scripture has a lot to say about that. I'm just going to put it this way. You are actively opposing God. And you're doing it because you know you have sin in your life. And you know, either I have to confess this sin and get rid of it, stop doing it to please God, or I can continue doing it and know that I am upsetting God. Enemy of God. Now, that's the active. The passive is... If I'm born, the scripture says, David said, Behold, I was born in iniquity, shapen in sin, conceived in iniquity. Everything about my beginning, because I am a human being, I was born with a sinful nature. And if you stay that way, you stay an enemy of God. Whether you know it or not, whether you intend to or not. In fact, most, I would dare say, the majority of people that have never repented of their sins, never heard the truth, would still look you dead in the eyes and say, I don't hate God. I'm not an enemy of God. I love people. I love all, you know, I, I'm just, this is not the 60s. We don't have free love anymore, but that's kind of the mindset still. I just don't hate anybody. I don't know. I'm, I, I, you know what? Because of your sin. That's the, hear me. That's the message that needs to reach the world. Because of your sin, you are opposed to God. The great news is he died to take away your sin. And now you don't have to stay opposed to God. All you have to do, believe, confess that you're a sinner, and then go down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You go in the water opposed to God because of your sin. You get your sins remitted in baptism, and you come out of the water no longer opposed to God because that sinful nature has been remitted, paid. You know, you get a receipt, a lot of times it'll say remittance. That means it's paid. The price of your sin has been paid. The wages of sin is death. But the death has already happened if you apply it to your life. That's him dying on the cross for your sin. 
And the just icing on the cake is you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you shall rise and walk in newness of life. That's just, the, that's, that's a side note. That's the message that the world needs. This country needs. The whole world needs. So Jesus is saying, love your enemies, the active ones, the passive ones, men who are opposed to God. And then the devil, when we're just talking about, about enemies, the devil who is the most bitter enemy because of divine government. I just really like the way that that definition worded that. The devil is the most bitter enemy of God. Because of divine government. Because God chose to create the world, to create the angels, to create the humans, to, to do all of this. That's his order. That's his divine. He says, I'm in charge. I created this. And the simple response of the devil that says, I hate you for that. makes him the most bitter enemy of God. Why would you want anything to do with that? Anything. Why would you want anything to do with that? If it's not of God, it is of the enemy. Amen? Let's keep reading. Matthew 5, verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And watch this. Pray. Pray. Now it's not even just doing good. You know, I, I, I would feel good enough if I could just take him a box of apples off of my tree. I did good for him. Nope. Pray. Pray to the one that gives blessings. I think that's a lot of times why we don't want to pray for people, if I can be honest with you. They are my enemy. I don't like them enough to want God to bless them. Oh, I don't like them enough to want God to forgive them for what they did. That just got real, real serious. If I pray, that's what Jonah said. Lord, if I pray for these people, if I go and preach to them that they need to repent, they're going to repent and you're going to forgive them. Because that's who you are. And I don't want that. They're mean people. They're an evil country. They don't love you. They don't love men that preach the truth. They have zero to do with anything godly. And God said, I know that's why I sent you there. Pray. For them. Pray for them which despitefully use you. 
Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Why am I going to pray for them? Because you're like me when you're praying for them. You're letting me operate through you in the way that's necessary, in the way that's needed. And when you begin to pray for someone that's hurt you, when you begin to pray for someone that has despitefully used you, now you are Christian. Now you are like Christ. Jesus was hanging on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. For, lay not this sin to their charge. And I just don't want the Lord to bless my neighbor because I don't like the car they drive. Pray for them, which despitefully use you. And then next, so I need you, we, we got to know this because of where we all, I think, can see the country heading. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. We want to talk about being Christian. Until it becomes an inconvenience to our way of life. Now we're finding out who God is over my life. That's what Jesus said. Pray for them. Pray for them. Romans chapter 13. I just, wanted, I just wanted to make this point real quick as we're headed where we're headed. Romans chapter 13 verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. That's not talking about God. Exclusively. Why? For there is no power but of God. There is no power but of God. If it weren't for God, there wouldn't be the power. That's what that means. The powers that be are ordained of God. Now, all these powers that it's talking about here, this is not talking about like spiritual powers, like the, the evil spirits that have power over. No, this is talking about earthly, civil rule. The rulers of nations, people, countries, states, cities, counties. The rulers of those people are ordained of God. There is no power but of God. Everybody smile real big because you live in Washington. We love Washington State. It's 
a great state. It's a beautiful state. There are things you can see in this state you can't see anywhere else in the world. It's beautiful. I'm thankful to God that I get to live here. There is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Next verse, just to build on that a little bit. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. I can feel souls processing the word of God right now. Whosoever resisteth. The power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they, they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. I don't think that's where anybody wants. We want the better country. We want the heavenly country. Here's one way you get either there or the other destination. Resist. The ordinance, the power, the civil authority in your life that God has placed. This is fun. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1. Some of you have seen this verse before, I know it. Proverbs 21, verse 1. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Right? It was written by the wisest man who had godly wisdom given to him, Solomon. And then he writes, thank the Lord, he writes all these wise sayings. In this verse, he says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. The king's heart in the hand of the Lord and as the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. You've seen a river. You've looked at the river. How many of you have looked at the Snake River on a map before? How many of you looked at the Columbia River on a map before? It starts up there in Canada, goes all the way down past us and over to the coast in Oregon. It turns. I mean, that thing looks like it's going straight down to Mexico on the map from Canada down. And then it just turns right over, goes to the Pacific Ocean. That same turn is what the Lord can do and does to the heart of a king or a leader of people. The Lord does it. He decides, I want that person in charge, and while they're in charge, I am going to dictate which way their heart goes, evil, good, evil, good. The Lord turns it. The Lord, just like we just read in Romans, the powers that be are ordained of God, and God knows in this year I need this leader because he will take things this direction. Thank God for that. Because he knows better than any of us what we need, who we need. 
I mentioned how, how thankful I am to live in this country. Included in that is we have the right, the ability to cast a vote for a leader. I have five children. There's always a tiebreaker. I'm blessed that way. If I have to put something to a vote, I don't do this a lot because there, there's always hurt feelings one side or the other. But I put it to a vote and we say this, majority rules, just like the same goes for our city, county, state, nation. We get to vote. You get to learn a lot more about yourself or another person when they don't win in the way that they voted. Somebody votes and then they win, or what they voted for wins. You just know, okay, well, that's, you got to have your way. Congratulations. But somebody votes and what they vote for doesn't win. Now you're going to find out what kind of person they are. I'm not talking about presidential elections. Don't even go there right now. We'll get there. We're just talking about human nature. And who we vote, how we vote, and then my feelings. If, I'm, if I get what I think I want, I'm happy. If I don't get what I want, I'm not happy. I would much rather do what the scripture says and say, Lord, you're in charge. I'm going to find my way to be happy with that fact. With that, because you know what? I don't care. Any, any king can, because the Lord says it, can turn on a dime and change and make this and start that. And so I'm not putting my peace there. I'm not putting my trust there. I am putting it in God, a higher authority. Paul and Silas are in jail, locked up and singing praise to the higher authority. I don't care where we are. I don't care how we got here. The Lord is God. The Lord is able to do everything. He will keep me as long as he needs to keep me. And then the beautiful thing is, he'll take me away when he's ready. That's the attitude that will allow somebody to sing praise in a prison. The Lord is good, he's sovereign. He's in charge. Last, oh, I've got a couple more, two more verses. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7. We mentioned this a few weeks ago in one of our uh, messages. Jeremiah 29 and 7. I'm just going to read this one verse. I don't want to dwell on it. But, the children of Israel are taken into captivity in another country, another kingdom. They're in Babylon. And the word of the Lord goes through Jeremiah to those people that are in captivity. This is a part of what it says. 
close your eyes and pretend you're in captivity in a city you don't want to live in. And now hear this. Seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away. Pray unto the Lord for it. I'm a captive here. I am a slave here. I'm in captivity in this city that I didn't choose to be in. And the Lord is telling me to pray for the peace of this city and seek for the peace of this city. For in the peace thereof, you shall have peace. If that city is peaceful and you live there, you will have peace because you're living in a peaceful city. Pray for the peace of it. We're talking about how to pray for our country. I don't know, I didn't see any hands raised when I said who was, who was not born in this country, who was not a national citizen here by birth. So actually, what that tells me is none of us chose to be here. The Lord put us here. Everybody say, the Lord put me here. Right here, he did, in Yakima, Washington, of all places. He put me here. Union Gap, to be more specific. The Lord put us here. And now he's saying, pray for the peace of that city. Pray for the peace of that state. Pray for the peace of that country where I caused you to be. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 29. This is my last passage. Jeremiah was a prophet. He wrote to the people on behalf of God. Ezekiel did the same. He was a prophet and he wrote God's word to God's people. The people of the land have used oppression and executed robbery and have vexed the poor. This is the country that you live in. The people have used all of these methods to make living there difficult. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Next verse. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me. For the land. I'm looking for one man that's going to come to me on behalf of the land. I know it's an evil land. I know all these people are they're just being evil and they're making life miserable especially for the poor and the needy. They're not helping anybody. There's no Christ-likeness in that land. All I'm doing is I'm looking for a man that will come to me, stand in the gap for them. 
that I should not destroy it. That I should not destroy it. We see this play out in a very similar fashion in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. God tells Abraham, I'm going to destroy the city. I'm going to. It's so bad. I'm just going to wipe it out. Take all the life there and destroy it. And Abraham did this. He made up the hedge. He stood in the gap. He went to the Lord and said, Lord, that's not like you. You don't destroy somewhere. If there are just people, like justfully righteous people living there, you don't do that. If there are 50 righteous people there, you wouldn't destroy that land. And the Lord says, you're right, I wouldn't. If there's 40, you wouldn't, you're right. 30, 20, 10, you're right, I wouldn't destroy it. If you can get into that city and find 10 righteous people, I won't destroy it. I will preserve that. You see that? The Lord, I will preserve the whole nation, two nations in this sense, for the sake of 10 righteous people. Pause. Why would he do that? Because he knows the power that 10 righteous people can have over two nations. Hallelujah. I'm not going to destroy it. If you can find ten righteous. You know the story. Abraham goes just. I, I, he's probably doing the math in his head. All on the way to Lot's house. How many kids does he have? He's got the wife. He's got the kids. they got some son-in-laws. I think I'm only coming up with about eight. Oh is there two more anywhere? Is there, no. 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 And he sees it. There's not ten righteous people here. Get out. And the Lord destroys it. Here's what I feel. There's a lot more than 10 people here today. There's a lot more than 10 righteous people in our nation. But the principle is God is looking for men and women to pray for their nation. Pray for their country. I know we look around, we read the news, and we see it's just going to get worse. And man, I don't even know if I want to stay here and all this stuff. The Lord is saying, hold on, pause, time out. I put you there. I put you there. Are you going to do what I have said and pray for the peace of that city? Pray for the peace of that state, that nation. Because if you don't, we know where it's headed. I, I, I would to God that you and I could become like Abraham and go from person to person and say, I know this looks bad. You're living in, I wanted to use a term, but I'm not going to be offensive. You're living in a hole. It's terrible. And it's only going to get worse. That's the direction. 
I'm not, hmm. We just need to pray right now before we move further. Jesus, God, we're hearing you right now. We're listening. Our spirit is open to you. Our spirit is open to you, Jesus. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Now, I got to say this before we move forward. I think it was two Tuesday nights ago. I intentionally did not stream on Facebook or YouTube that message, but it's on our podcast, and I am going to ask or beg every one of you to go and, if you were here or if you weren't here, I'm going to ask you this week to go and find that. It's on, it's on Apple, iTunes, and it's on SoundCloud, Life Church Union Gap. We talked about the conscience that God has given us. You need to listen to that. We need to know that. Because what I'm about to say next is in that context. I'm not worried about a mandate. I'm going to do what Daniel did. When the mandate came and said, in order to follow this mandate, you have to disobey God. I'm not going to disobey God. And I am not going to violate my God-given conscience. That's me. You read into that however you want. You seek the Lord for that, for you. I'm not going to violate it. If the Lord says you can do this and I'm fine with that, I'm going to do it. If the Lord says I don't want you to do this, I'm not going to do it. I, I haven't even talked about an issue, have I? I'm talking about in here. When the Lord says I'm fine with that, I'm good with you spending time that doing that, then I'm okay with it. If the Lord says, nope, I don't feel right about that, I don't want you to either. I, that's, who, that's who I want to be. So I'm not worried. Uh, here's why. We have to get our minds off of issues of this day, this week, this month, this year. We have to get our minds off of that. Some of us are so worried that another rule is going to come through that we can't pray. Not the rule saying we can't pray. You're so worried that you're not able to pray because you are so worried. I can't pray because I'm worried. We're not going vo vocal to vocalize that, but that's what the Spirit is saying. I can't pray because my mind is consumed with worry that another mandate is going to happen. And if it happens, then what? Let's solve that right now. Do what we should have already been doing. 
Would you stand with me? We are going to do some praying here. Before we pray any further, though, more specifically, I just want you to pray over yourself. Lord, I need the right mind. I need the mind of Christ. God, you've given me this mind. You've given me a soul and a conscience. God, you've given me the ability to hear and think and process information. That came from you, God, the ability to do that. God, I am confessing right now, if there's any part of me that has been worried, God, if there's any part of me that has been fearful and not allowed to participate in the work of your kingdom because of the extent to which I have been worried or fearful, I confess it right now, Lord. I ask for you to forgive me of that. Father, I ask right now, I don't want to have a spirit of fear. I don't want to have a spirit of worry. God, I need the peace that comes from you, the peace that comes from trusting you. I receive it today in Jesus' name. I receive it today, God. I will walk in it. I will walk according to your peace, Lord. I will choose the course of my day based on the peace that you give me, and I will walk in it. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Hallelujah. I speak against the spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. I take authority right now in Jesus' name over the spirit of fear. And I take authority over the spirit of infirmity right now. I speak the word of God, the word of faith right now in Jesus' name. I loose the faith of God over the life over the mind and soul of every individual here. I loose the peace of God to flow like a river through the life of every person here tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, now that we've received it, now that we're living the way we should and thinking and praying, the way we should we're going to do something here now the, the men that were here at, at prayer yesterday can tell you I've been feeling this for at least since yesterday but all week really you have a job to do I have a job to do to pray I can't pray for you and you can't pray for me I can't pray through you and you can't pray through me the first thing we're going to do is pray for the president of this country. The scripture says it. We've got to seek the peace of our nation and we've got to pray for it. I want you to close your eyes. When the Lord leads you, I want you to begin to pray the way that he's going to have you to pray. Specifically, over the office 
a president of this country. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I beseech you right now. God, as the scripture says, you hold the heart of every leader in your hand. God, and it's you that turns it one way or the other, whichever way you want to turn it. God, I'm praying right now for the office of the leader of our nation. God, I pray that first and foremost above all, that the peace of God would be allowed to flow. I pray, Jesus, against anything, God, that would stand against the peace that you have given to your people. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray right now the wisdom of God. I pray that it would flow, Lord God. You know your ways are above our ways, God. Your thoughts are above our thoughts, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that out of that office, the wisdom of God would flow. I pray that through that office, the wisdom of God would flow. You have all power. You know the times. You know the seasons. You know the years, the months, the days, God. You know it all. I'm praying right now that godly wisdom would flow in the name of Jesus, that we would be stayed in your will. God, that we would be stayed in your will. I know that you can keep us, Lord, in a time of peace or in a time of hardship. I know that you can keep us. Lord, I'm praying right now that the will of God be done. I'm praying it right now in Jesus' name. Open the doors, Father. Open the doors that no man can shut. I pray it in Jesus' name. Come on, you need to yield yourself right now. The Lord's going to pray prayers through you. It's not even thoughts that you've thought on your own. It's His thoughts. It's His words. Come on, let the Lord pray it right now. Come on, the Lord's healing you as you pray right now. The Lord's healing you as you pray. He's doing the work in your life while you pray through. He prays through you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray thy will be done. I pray thy kingdom come, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, this world is not my home, God. I don't belong here. I'm a stranger. I'm a pilgrim passing through it, Lord. But, but while you've placed me here, God, you've given me the instruction to pray for the peace of this nation. God, I beseech you right now. I seek it, God, on your behalf, Lord, for this land, for this nation. In the name of Jesus, now keep praying. Keep praying. We're going to pray for the governor of the state of Washington right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for that office right now. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would be in your will. Jesus, I pray that the right decisions get made to keep us 
in your will. Lord, I pray that there would be no fear. I pray there would be no worry or dread, God. Only trust in you, Lord. Only the peace that you give. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. I pray the wisdom of God. I pray the peace of God. I pray the knowledge and understanding of God. Let it flow out of that office of the governor of our state. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. God, the powers that be, it's in your word. The powers that be are ordained of God. They are chosen by you. And I rest assured in that very word right now, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray that revival would break out in this state. I pray, God, that revival, that hearts would be turned to you. I pray that the word of God would go forth, Jesus, into the heart, God, of the Yakima residents. Jesus, those that live in this city, those that live in this town, the surrounding areas. God, I pray right now, the fire of your word, let it burn in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you will draw hearts. You will draw souls into your kingdom. You will pour out your spirit upon all flesh. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, God. I thank you for it, God. Lord, let it start in us. Let it start in us, Jesus. Let us be the bearer of your word. Let us be the keeper of your word. Let us sow the seed of your word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Thy will be done. You're not willing that any should perish, Lord. Your will is that every soul comes to repentance. We pray that right now in Jesus' name. That very will of God, I pray it right now in Jesus' name. Every soul come to repentance. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The last thing I want to do, the last thing I felt of the Lord to do, is I want to challenge every one of us that are here. I want to challenge you to fit the phrase, I trust God. Fit that phrase at least one time. I'm only, the challenge is only once. You do it as many as you want. But find a way to fit that phrase into a conversation tomorrow. 
right? Even if it's you talking to your family, put it in there. If it's you talking to coworkers, supervisors, put it in there. I trust God. And when you're talking to family that are not connected to this congregation, it becomes a witness. It becomes a testimony. When you're talking to, I mean, we, we can shout all day and hear about how we trust God. And I believe it. And it edifies us. But it takes a new meaning when it becomes shared with someone who does not know this. Someone who does not live this way. When that becomes the words, I trust God. Now it's his job. Now it's his responsibility. I trust God. Say it, I trust God. Fit that into a conversation tomorrow. And if you feel so moved, do it every day this week. I trust God. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that's been here today, that's ministered to us. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you, God, for all the mighty ways that you are working in and through your people. God, I pray that what you've shared with us today, let it become something that we can pray every day. Let it become a mindset, Lord, and a pattern that we can pray every day as we trust you. As we trust you, God. You've put me in this city. You've put me in this state. You've put me in this nation, God. I didn't choose to be here. It was the work of your hand and it was the work of your spirit, God. And while, while I am here, you've given me the instruction to pray. Pray for this city. Pray for this state. Pray for this nation. Pray for its leaders. God, I want to do that. I want it to become a part of my life. God, I want it to become a part of my life that I trust you and that I seek you on the behalf of this nation. I pray it today in Jesus' name. I pray it today in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm not going to listen to a voice. I'm not going to listen to a voice that conflicts with what I've heard today. Lord, if it's through a news channel, God, if it's through an article, if it's through another person speaking, I'm not going to allow that into my spirit. I'm not going to allow that into my spirit. God, I'm trusting in you. I'm leaning on your word. I'm trusting in the power of your spirit. In the name of Jesus. So come on, somebody rejoice just for a minute. Would you just rejoice? Come on, this is your opportunity. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God. I believe it, Jesus. I believe it, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. You're the source of my strength, God. You're the source of my health, Lord Jesus. You're the source of all that I have. I trust you for it. I thank you, Jesus. I trust you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What's that phrase you're going to fit into tomorrow? What is it? Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.